You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. Happy to welcome Rob West right now back to the program from Faith and Finance Live. Hear him every weekday afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. And uh, we're going to be talking about creating a spending plan for the new year, some best practices, how the FaithFi app can help, some common stumbling blocks we deal with. And by the way, if you've got a question for Rob this morning, uh, feel free to call in or text in 800 969 Nine four six seven. Rob, I got to tell you, and this is the truth. I'm not saying this to be funny, but it's true. I love listening to you on the radio because the way you handle these questions and just the the tone of your voice makes me feel better somehow, comforted when I'm in a money situation. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's I the appreciate truth. that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I try to remember that just because so often these can be charged topics. Yep. You know, they can be things that are weighing on us. Maybe they've caused conflict in our marriage. And yet that's not God's design. This is a tool to accomplish his purposes. And so, listen, we've all made mistakes, but we all want to be found faithful. And so together we try to find God's best for us in this area. Well, Rob, you know, we go to God's word to look for wisdom and discern what is right in terms of our life direction, choices that we have to make. And and money is a oft spoken topic in the Bible, Mm -hmm. actually the second largest topic, I believe, spoken in the Bible. And I could be wrong. You got to, you got to correct me if I'm wrong on that one, where it ranks. Uh, But here's the thing. When we look at that, there are some common best practices of just some basic things and basic fundamental lessons that we should be focused on in managing our resources. So help us understand what some of those best practices around finances are. Yeah, it's a great question. You're exactly right. You know, there's 2,300 verses that have some connection to money and possessions, and it is the second most talked about. And I don't think it's because God wants something for us it's or from us. I think it's because he wants something for us. You know, the starting point for biblical money management is the idea that God owns it all. We own nothing. And therefore, we're stewards or managers of God's resources. Psalm 24.1 is clear. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So our goal then, after we give our lives to Jesus and surrender to him as Savior and Lord, is then around stewardship. What have we done with what we've been given? And each of us are given differing amounts. And the goal then is faithfulness to what God has entrusted to us. So you're right. We can go back to Scripture and we can pull out some principles. I'll just mention five quick ones. They're simple They're hard to execute on, but they're simple. Number one is spend less than you earn, and that's what we're talking about today, which is around the spending plan. The second is to avoid the use of debt. The third is to have some margin or liquidity in your life. That just means that when you spend less than you earn, you have some cushion. Number four is to set long-term goals, and number five is to give generously. And if you do those five things, it doesn't mean everything will always be rosy. Remember, Paul said he learned to be content in hard times and in times of plenty. And so we won't be without difficulty in this world, but we will put our pos- ourselves in a position, I think, to experience God's best if we do that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> What about if you were, if you know, those five things you mentioned, Rob, what if there is one in particular that uh, for anybody who's listening this morning, one of them is, is 
one that they're really just wrestling with and having a hard time with? How would you counsel someone on that? Yeah. Uh, You know, I would start by saying often money issues are first spiritual issues. And here's why. You know, money is that tangible expression every day of what we value and where we placed our trust. Uh, You can tell where your priorities are, and I'm talking to myself at the same time, by just looking at our check register or our financial account, because most of us don't use a check register anymore. But it, it tells a story about what we value. And so I think the starting point is to say, let me take a step back and let me think about my values and priorities as a Christ follower. And then let me take another look at my money management, my role as a steward and say, am I reflecting those values in how I'm managing money, in how I spend, in my use of debt, in, in terms of how I'm giving, in terms of how I'm communicating with my spouse. And I think we need to look under the money issues and say, are the money issues just symptomatic of something deeper where I'm living in fear or I've not placed my trust or I'm trying to find my purpose and meaning and significance in the world and in the things of the world. Maybe my self-worth, I believe, is equal to my net worth. Well, that's not God's plan or design. Our identity is rooted in Christ. And so I realize that's not attacking the money issues, but I think that's the starting point. Well, you know, when you think about those those tools and tactics of getting those things under control to address, maybe it is that financial fear, maybe it is distrust in the Lord, that yes, regardless of what my number is in my bank account, the Lord's going to provide what I need. Well, managing those numbers, there's a group of us that are pen and paper. There's some of us who are boxes filled with receipts, disheveled everywhere. There are those who have meticulous spreadsheets with pivot tables. And then there's those who are using, you know, online or even bank supplied, you know, tools. Let's talk about tools that we can use to better manage our finances. Um, I know that there is the FaithFi app uh, that's uh, available uh, from you guys, you know, Faith and Finance Live. If you listen, you speak of that all the time. Uh, So tell us, how could a tool like that help us, and specifically FaithFi? Well, let me just guess that you're a spreadsheet guy. Is that right, Steve? Oh, no, not. I am the boxer. Re- I'm the boxer receipt guy who does not okay. sit down with his wife, even though she really wants to, and it's a big <laughs> point of contention. And I joke about it, but it's I'm bad with it. I'm bad with it. Well, yeah, well, just by virtue of the fact that you knew what a pivot table was, I was thinking you were a spreadsheet guy. But yeah, you're right. You know, we each have different money personalities. And I don't think this is something we should shy away from. We should lean into that and say, how has God wired us? And what is the system that's going to work best for me based on how I like to operate? And remember, you know, God often puts together opposites, and so you might be a spender, and the other might be a saver, and vice versa. One might be more hands-on with the budget, one more directional and hands-off. So we have to come together in a marriage relationship and find a system that works for us. But I think that's really the key, and and that's why we designed the FaithFi app the way we did. It's got three different systems in one. It's the only app that does this. So if you just want to track only and just get more of a directional hands-off view of where you're spending your money by category, you can do that. If you want to go all the way to the hands-on digital envelope system where you're literally funding digital envelopes, you're not actually moving the money, but in the app you are, 
and you can see what's left in each envelope at any point in the month so you can curb your spending and make changes, you can do that as well. And so I think that's the key, whether it's pen and paper or the shoebox or the spreadsheet or the FaithFi app, find the system that works for you. But the bottom line is without a plan, you're never going to be able to accomplish God's best in this area because the money will just slip through your hands. Ooh. Yeah, I was about to, to ask you about that because I know, you know, in the past, that's, I'm, you know, I'm talking about when I first got a job as a teenager and into my early 20s, I didn't really have any kind of a plan. I just rolled with it and <laughs> then it started rolling me and it was bad news, Rob. Yeah. Well, and that's what happens, right? And we just put this on autopilot and we find ourselves with a mountain of debt. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to establish this discipline and rhythm and finding that system that's right for you is really the key. So here's where I would go next. The first step is to get an accurate picture of where you stand today. I want you to get everything in that initial budget both those things you get a bill for and the things you don't because those discretionary items are really often the budget busters. It's the eating out and the food budget. It's the clothing budget. It's the entertainment and the coffee shops. I'm not saying those things are bad. They just need to be in the plan. We also need the non-recurring items. Maybe you have a semi-annual insurance payment or an annual HOA. You Christmas comes once a year, but we don't, we want to save for it one twelfth of that every month. And so once everything's in there, what you may find is that if I'm honest with myself and I put all of it in there, I'm actually living beyond my means. And that's why my debt has been creeping up. And so now we have to do the hard work to go in and start cutting and trimming and canceling subscriptions and getting serious about, you know, dialing back our eating out budget and really get a plan that balances. Not only does it balance, but I'm living on less because that margin is how I fund my goals, like giving more or paying down debt or saving for the future. And then once I have the budget that I can actually live with, now we need the plan. Is it the spreadsheet? Is it the FaithFi app? Whatever it is, you got to have a system to control the money in and out. Oh, that is good. Now, where can we get the Faith and uh, the FaithFi app? Yeah, you can get it in your app store. So just go to Google Play or Apple uh, and just search for FaithFi, FaithFi, or just go to our website, faithfi.com, and click on app. Let me also just mention one other quick thing. If you have a variable income, so you don't get a paycheck every month, you're not a W-2 employee, you're an independent contractor, you're a gig employee, uh, you know, maybe you own your own business. Here's what you need to do. Your income varies, and I realize that makes budgeting harder. So first of all, determine your average average monthly income for the last six months, and then draw up an estimated budget based on that number. Then as your income varies, you save the excess in the months you earn more. That will build up enough surplus to meet your needs in the lean months when you earn less. So that is often a really uh, problematic area for folks, and I want to help you get on top of that. All right. Well, these that leads us then into the stumbling blocks. And this is a discipleship opportunity. This is a real-life question I'm going to ask you because it's about tactics. I wasn't joking about that situation in my own household. What is it that is important for us to remember when we approach a financial discussion of any kind with our significant others? And what is that like? What should we first keep in mind before we enter that, because financial discussions can get contentious, and usually one person is avoidant of those things because they can blow yeah. up and become ugly. So what are some tactical things that we can remind ourselves of to prepare going into those conversations? Yeah. 
Well, the uh, first thing I would mention is that, you know, God didn't give you a spouse, spouse to frustrate you. So you need to come together and work on this with the goal of understanding that you're one flesh. So in marriage, two become one. God's design for marriage is oneness or unity. And that includes this area of money management. So I think the starting point when you come together, and by the way, I recommend a weekly money date where you can make course corrections. And you know, my pastor calls it with his wife, their coin and calendar meeting. So they look at the calendar, they look at their coins and they say, where do we need to you know, make changes? But the goal is to step back first and say, what are our values? and priorities. Where is God taking us as a couple or as a family? And how can money be used as a tool to accomplish that? The key is no finger pointing. The goal is to drive ultimately toward the things that matter most to us and see money as a way to do that. The spending plan is not to control the spouse or to limit you. It's just to make sure you end up in the right destination. So that's why I think it's really key that you build in flexibility in the plan that reflects each of you. Maybe you each have a certain amount. You can just do whatever you want with. And if you have a hobby, great, go do it or something you enjoy. Maybe you enjoy stopping and getting that cup of coffee, you know, at your favorite store. That's fine. Just put it in the plan. And that way we know that not only does this reflect our goals, but it reflects each of us uniquely and our passions and the things that we enjoy. And then when we come together for that money date once a week or a couple of times a month, we're not finger pointing. We're just saying, how can we make course corrections to ultimately get to where God is taking us? All right. Now, see, I've got the opposite issue, Rob, because I don't have a spouse, and that requires a little more discipline on my part because it's too easy for me to say, well, I don't have anybody that I'm necessarily accountable to, Mm, so I can be a little more reckless sometimes, and that can get me into trouble. So what advice would you have there? Because sometimes at the end of the month, and it's not, you know huge recklessness but it's just enough sometimes i'll go oh rot rose scooby-doo what'd you do here (laughs) you really should have set that aside and not spent money over here because now you had an unexpected emergency (laughs) so you didn't didn't plan for it yeah Uh, It is harder without accountability, no doubt. And so what I would say to that is just remind yourself of the why. You know, why are you saving? It's not just a matter of depriving yourself. It's kind of like a a diet. You know, remind yourself of the why. I want to be more healthy or, you know, I've got certain goals. And, you know, in finances, the why is I want to be able to accomplish what God you know, has placed on my heart. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to give more and be more generous. I want to be able to save for my future. So I, in a season of life where I'm not working for pay, I can, you know, be redirected to what God has in store for me. I I talked to a young lady on the program just the other day and she said, Rob, uh, I started listening about a year ago. She said, I was in debt. I didn't have a spending plan. I heard you talking about that. I didn't have an emergency fund. So I started making some changes and I started building up that emergency fund and I got out of debt. And I just want you to know that uh, to the month that I built up my six month emergency fund, I lost my job. And she said, I would have never been able to weather that number one. But she said, number two, I, during that season, God started placing on my heart that he wanted me to go overseas and become a full-time missionary, a long-term missionary. And she said, I was able to hear the leading of the Lord because the finances weren't in the way. And I want you to know, and this this was last November, she said, I want you to know that in January, I'm leaving to go on the mission field. And she said, I just wanted to say thanks. And, you know, there's an example of how 
having our finances in order allows us to hear God's voice mm-hmm. in a different way. It allows us to respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and it allows us to weather the storms of life. And I think the why is really critical in making these decisions. I'm so glad you said that because you want your finances, you want things to be in line with where God wants them to be, and you don't want to obsess over them yeah. so that they take yes. precedence and, and the place where he should be because that is a hazard also. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Rob, one last thing. Uh, you know, as we are all gathering those shoeboxes full of receipts for the tax man, uh, up <laughs> till April 15th, we have the ability to make a final contribution to our IRAs for the previous year that we can claim. What would you recommend to people just on, you know, that that front for their investment? It's the last shot. This is the last thing you can kind of do uh, to make the most of those opportunities. Um what do you what do you say around that? Yeah, I'd say number one, reach out to your tax preparer if you use one and just have a quick conversation that's more around tax planning than actually filling out the return. And he or she can help you determine how to leverage or maximize those opportunities to get as much toward giving and saving and minimize that tax liability as best you can. Because you're right, uh, Steve, the there's an opportunity to fund last year's IRA, whether that's the Roth or the traditional, up until you file last year's tax return. Yeah. So you could go all the way up to April 15th and make that contribution uh, for your, your Roth or traditional IRA. If it's the traditional, you're going to you know remove that from your taxable income. And so uh, take advantage of that opportunity. That's $6,500 that you can put in per person for 2023. If you're under the age of 50, 7,500 if you're over age 50. Uh, so if you're married, that's 13,000 or 15,000. And that's a great opportunity. Now, what if it's a Roth? Same, same opportunity or different? Same opportunity. You don't benefit tax-wise because you're putting in after-tax dollars. So that won't change your, your tax picture. But... I love the Roth because you're getting that money in, you're putting in after-tax dollars, but now it's going to grow tax-free, and then when you pull it out in retirement, you pay no tax on it. So what Senator Roth gave us with that was powerful. Don't miss the opportunity to fund a Roth if you can. All right. Well, I want to encourage people to tune in each weekday right here on Moody Radio Indiana, regardless of where you are, from the from the border of Illinois all the way over into Ohio Tune in 4 o'clock and be sure you check out Faith and Finance Live with Rob West. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life.